We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. App spring to you. I've on the calendar spring or the holidays. This must be springtime, but it feels like spring in the West Coast, on the West Coast. A lot of storms hitting the East Coast. Not a good time to be hit with a hurricane. On a weird cross-your-fingers kind of level, COVID is overwhelming our hospitals. I think that should be the story that we learned out of all this. Was it a really bad flu? Yes or no? Who cares? Our hospitals weren't ready for this. And our nurses and our doctors are being asked to work in conditions that were less than ideal for, do I want my life saved? Yes. It's one of the greatest investor questions of all time. If you had 40 or 50 years to invest, do you want to go after investing in healthcare? Or do you want to go after investing in technology? You get some of the other parts. Banks will be banks and retailers will be retailers and you can only charge so much for certain things. But tech has that beauty of 5G, 6G. Tech has that beauty of Internet Web 2.0 and let's move everything to the cloud. Let's move everything to servers. Let's move everything to warehouses. Let's move like they've done a pretty good job of reinventing themselves. And as an investor, that's a good thing. A lot going on, though, right? Markets are selling off a little bit today. I would say we opened down 200-ish, and we went down 300, down 400, down 500. So that's the sell-off. I think over the weekend, we started looking at things along the lines of Fauci on Saturday. Said something, he thinks economies could start opening back up in May. And parts of it. And we're starting to use rolling, open back up economies. And then we were looking at China and we're looking at, and this is it over, we're in over our head. The best thing you could do is if you know some truths, talk truths. But if you don't, admit the chain over your head. Oil is rising today after OPEC and the allies agreed a historic production cut. That should be an invitation for you to say, huh, aren't those oil companies down huge and won't this firm up the price? And isn't that a big issue? Yeah, but also demand is. So you got phase one. You only need two phases to say I'm back in. But when do you see demand? I think the price of oil will tell us a lot about when the world sees demand. New York is having a very good day as you're seeing a rate of the new corona cases fall. That is a headline, and we are reacting to headline news right now. Um, Disney, I saw that they furloughed 46,000 Disney World employees. These numbers on the economy are going to get bad, worse, and awful. Could be the highest unemployment you see in your lifetime. 
Or maybe I'm exaggerating that. I don't think I am. One thing I can tell you about corporations is when there is a disaster, they act intelligently. For Disney to say, we need to cut these employees, they did it because the highest cost of labor to them is employees. Will they be higher than back? I don't know. But it's not a bad instant reaction. Disney has hit the 50 million subscriber milestone with Disney+. Plus. As we are in the world of what's on TV today, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, they get our eyeballs. And Disney has the unfortunate situation where they also have movies that they want our butts in theater seats and theme parks where they want us within coughing distance of a little five-year-old snot-laden kid who's blowing chunks because he had too much popcorn you know, right in the toilet, right next to you. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to Disney World maybe ever again. <laughs> I've never been. So take that. But yeah, we're going to come out of this and we're going to be like, yeah. Do I ever want to sit next to a five-year-old, six-year-old ever again? Either at a theme park, at a movie theater, or do you see where I'm going? Airplane. So we're starting to figure this out. Robert Schiller talked over the weekend, pandemic of fear could tip economy into a depression. Whoa. I like Schiller. I don't have money with Schiller. I haven't sought him out and said, I want to hire you. I haven't done anything like that. But he's a Nobel Prize winning economist, and he's the very first person out there, in my opinion, who's talking about a pandemic of fear, not a pandemic of COVID virus. He's saying our emotions drive financial decisions. He thinks the sheer volume of chatter surrounding depression risks due to the coronavirus could severely hurt the economy. There's a lot of hack amateur economists. I'm one of them. I'm given ancillary reports that mean nothing to you. When I talk about federal statistics, that's a little bit different. But when I'm talking about what did you do this weekend, that's just me and you chatting. And I may be missing the impact in Chicago because I have no friends from Chicago. I don't like Chicago. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to create some controversy, but I'm not going to do that right now. I don't really like Chicago. I think the pizza's overblown, but that's between you and me. Um, I digress. Then again, I do think a New York bagel is better than a bagel from anywhere else on the planet. And I don't understand that. So I have some conspiracy theories in my head. So... Schiller's one of those guys who's going to talk about the, the difference between now and the 1930s. And I'm pretty sure the 1930s didn't have tender. Maybe they had speakeasies and some other things that were kind of like it in a different sort of way. But I don't like all of the comparisons. I don't dislike them. I'm not short-sighted. But again, a lot of people are saying a lot of things. I can tell you Americans have paychecks. And right now the government's supplying like a short-term paycheck. It's not going to be enough. For the amount of work you're going to miss, it's not going to be enough. There seems to need to be more stimulus. And again, uh, Mark Cuban's out there today saying, you know, this SBA, small business loan thing, it's it's not working like it was meant to truly work. Some companies are taking advantage of it. And I get it. It's, I've already said that once. The segment is companies will do what they have to do. Even a company like a Disney, uh, uh, isn't that a family company? Don't they make high quality? F- you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. It's a lot of people. But again, I think furloughing is also sometimes in the interest of the employee, and that sounds like a weird thing. If you don't have enough money to keep employees on payroll while you're not pulling enough revenue, I don't blame you. 
if it's a two week decision, maybe that's short sighted. If it's a six month decision or a three month decision, maybe it's the right thing to do because then you're freeing that employee to go look for better work, to go look for other work, to go look for any work or to go get unemployment. There's no right answers. And I know I'm going to piss off someone every time I talk, but Schiller talking about the pandemic of fear, pushing the economy into a depression. Now, depression is different than a recession. Depression, we start seeing prices drop. Recession, we see demand drop. That's the essentials of it. A depression, we go, eh, that car that's $40,000, I might like it at thirty. And that gets really messy fast. Which would I rather have, a recession or a depression? Recession. Which would I rather have, a hurricane or a, a tropical depression? I don't know. I don't know weather. But depressions are bad. Fauci is cost, cautiously optimistic that we could start opening the economy in the United States in May. He also got kind of in the crosshairs of Trump over this weekend as Trump retweeted something from a governor, a Republican governor, that was like, fire Fauci. Hashtag trending. Oh, let's get to earnings this week. It is the start of earnings season. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of my good friends I met in life, life friend, um, went to EVA, and we kind of developed more of a friendship in college. We knew each other in high school. She's happily married in Toronto, and she's got kids. And it's, it's weird to see because I remember her when she was a teenager in high school kind of thing, and she's a great mom and all the good stuff. Everything I should be saying right, I'm saying right here. But she watched um, Trolls. There's Trolls to a World Tour movie or something like that. And this is going to be a fun one to watch in the coming weeks and days because a lot of movies like Mulan have been delayed. But Trolls was supposed to come out. I think it's a DreamWorks movie. Don't quote me on that 100%. I think so. And um, they just rolled it out straight to video. They knew it wasn't going to be the best animated or the highest grossing animated film of all time. They knew that. So the coronavirus may ultimately help a film like that. So anyway, my friend, she watched it with her three kids. And Trolls Get Power, these are these little dolls that we had as kids. (laughs) So please forgive me if I sound like I'm quoting something that's totally insane, because I am. They get powers for hugs. And she posted on Facebook or Instagram something along the lines of, at the end of the movie, all the trolls hug each other. And she said, I started crying. She's like, I miss those days. And it's like, um, it's been four weeks, but we're nostalgic about it. And then again, it brings in the question of all the people in Hollywood who market, all the people in Hollywood who do costumes, all the people in Hollywood who distribute, all the people in Hollywood who make deals in China, all the people who make for all these movies. Trolls comes out and it, will it do better because it went, it's $20 rental. They're charging movie ticket prices for it. And we're desperate for that kind of content, I think, is the right way of saying that. Um, will that business model change? I think it already kind of was. And I, here's one of the, the funnier things about it is I think the millennials were probably better prepared for coronavirus than any other generation because they grew up on social devices. 
on media on you know the internet. So their whole life, they've been hanging out with friends on chats, and they've been hanging out with friends on texts, and they've been hanging out with friends on streams. Tougher for them to switch? No way. They've been ordering food from restaurants. They've been living in smaller spaces that feels like quarantine already. It will be interesting to see how we play out new businesses and old businesses. North America meat plant workers fall ill. This was one of one of those stories that I was watching over the weekend on Bloomberg. And I'm like, please don't make this. Please don't let this happen. Because this is one that all of America is not ready for. If a chicken factory or if a hog factory go down because people can't get enough mass to slaughter animals and stay away from each other, if it goes around and then it gets into our quote-unquote food supplier, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, there's too many questions. A pork plant shut down in Quebec, a chicken farm um, in Alabama – Right now, we have food coming to our grocery stores. And over the weekend, I went, and there was toilet paper. No bleach, but there was toilet paper. So I had to disconnect my hose for my toilet. I know you're saying, you hooked up your hose to a toilet? Somehow I did. Genius of marvel of engineering work that will be, you know, that little water spout down on the bottom. You can hook up bidets to it, but you can actually hook up a power lawn hose. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. Toilet paper at grocery stores. Novel idea. Food production, we don't want that to get hit. And over the weekend, some philosophical debates started coming up. The whole China virus thing starts in China and a lot of health experts is like, don't make this a China thing because Ebola, Africa, and Spanish flu was in the U.S. And the next flu, we don't know where it's going to come from, and we all got to learn to work together, right? But I threw out a question, and you know, people are being incredibly racist right now, and I don't know what side of this argument anything that comes out of my mouth is going to sound like. I could say something like, yeah, I, I feel totally good not traveling overseas right now. People are like, oh. You know, you're anti-travel. You're anti-Europe. You're anti-I'm not going there. But the dilemma was, like, there's a thought. And, oh, who was Bill Maher? He comes out and he says, you know, China, this is their third virus that has started in China. And I'm paraphrasing. And he goes, they got to get their stuff together and there should be no more wet markets and they shouldn't be eating bats. Okay. To me, that's spilled milk. And mom always taught me, you never used to cry and never spilled milk. And I don't even know that's true. I'm not a epidemiologist. I'm not all that. But I was like, what happens if we had sent more hogs and more chicken? The United States, our farming is pretty, pretty 21st century. Some farming outside the United States, not quite as good. And if you've ever gone to a farm, you'll quickly give up meat. I once went to a farm as a child, and it was the most scary, shocking thing. But we don't want our food supply hit. And what if we sent more of our high-quality food? You know, in the last 10, 15 years, China's been buying a lot of the technology tied towards our agriculture and our farmers, and even some of our farms. And they don't necessarily want to grow hogs in the United States. They want to grow them in China, but they want to learn how to grow them safely in China. Or safer. I don't want to make it sound like China's all third world and, like, you know, flies on all the food. Because I've never been to China. But that's the perception in media from 50 years ago, right? 
so Bill Maher is like, you know, uh, China, and we got to punish them. And so, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, there was already a Chinese a kid who have, uh, was of Chinese parents who was stabbed in a Walmart. I'm like, we need to kind of pull out the term. We got to stop making it like pointing fingers, in my opinion. But I don't know if I'm taking the high road there. I don't know. Walmart has picked an executive from eBay to be their new CEO. Yeah, kind of a non-story in my opinion. Fauci's expressing cautious optimism the coronavirus outbreak in the United States is slowing and that we will be able to reopen in May. Dow drops 500, 250 on the open, and then it started marching lower. Right now it's um, playing with the 250 to 500 range. Down 442, a couple seconds ago it was down 355. Like it's bouncing. Tesla's a big winner today. Interesting. Amazon a big winner today. Interesting. Netflix. Um, consumption of media is going to change. Like yeah, this is good stuff. Hopefully you see some evolution here for your investing ideas. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Thanks for listening to the show. Since the real poop hit the fan, I've been on air every single day except for Good Friday because my radio station took Good Friday off. Otherwise, I would have been on. I'm coming to work. I'm talking about the markets for you. I'm trying not to get you fearful when we are down. I'm trying to kill some of the conspiracy theories in your head. I'm going to be honest. I don't see us hitting all-time highs in the next three months. If it was just a correction, yes. But this was a bear market that's going to lead to a recession. Some people are starting to say depression. So we're kind of manipulating it a little bit. We're kind of massaging it. I see winners and losers out there for sure. This week, we're going to get a lot of banking stocks. What's interesting about the banking stocks, they did something over the weekend that I think is negative for the economy. Positive for them. They raised the lending standards on mortgages. So my home just went down in value a little bit on paper. They made it tougher for people to qualify. You have to have 20% down, and you have to have a credit score of over 700. To me, I don't care if you have a credit score of 450 or 5 million. I don't care as long as you buy my property. It's kind of exaggerated. I know credit scores don't go up to 5 million. But they're making it tougher so there'll be fewer buyers. Now, if I was selling my house this year, I'd be like, dang. I want more buyers, not fewer buyers. But I get it. The 2006-2008 financial crisis got out of hand because Congress said, we want, if you're a federal bank, we're going to take away your charter. Unless you lend money to poor people, people in poor communities. You need to give them as many options as you're giving wealthier, better credit choices. And we, we kind of we kind of made a mistake. We lent money to people who couldn't afford it, and we lent large large volumes of money to people. It would have been better just to give them a you know three hundred thousand dollars and say goodbye house, than to give them six hundred thousand dollars and have the banks take that debt and get just obliterated. So I'm oh, I'm okay with J.P. Morgan raising the lending standards. I get it. It's probably riskier now than it was a month ago. OPEC in the United States agreed to cut oil production by 9.7 million barrels a day. 
I guess I should refer to that as OPEC plus Russia. Stocks opened in negative territory, giving back some of last week's gains. Relative weakness in the financial sectors. They're going to report earnings this week. We're going to get into earnings, where I'm going to be talking a little bit more about, oh, this is what Apple sees is going on in China. And, oh, this is what Apple sees going on in the United States. And what's happening with 5G and what's not happening with 5G. So I'm okay with it. I started a segment about the meat workers in the United States. We don't want those factories to go down, and some of them are starting to go down. I'm not going to say go buy a freezer and stock up and load up. I can see other people doing that. Oh, oh, we had a big media launch in last week. Did anyone get into Quibi? Or am I the only one who's like, eh, must be a millennial thing. Let me look at my calendar. I'm not a millennial. Quibi is 1.7 million downloads. Quibi, spelled Q-U-I-B-I. It is a subscription-based service where it's free for a while. They're setting up shows that are something like 10 minutes is the idea. Whatever the initial brain span is or attention span is for the typical cell phone user. They're trying to make quick bite entertainment, quick bite media. Um, I've worked, I've done some work for some companies that tried to do the same idea. Company not that long ago called Mevio. They were paying influencers like me to come in and, and create videos like, here's the top three things you need to know about investing in your 20s. Boom, boom, boom. Big old nugget, easily digestible, one and done in five minutes kind of thing. So Quibi's coming out. Unlike last year when Disney was coming out, you saw Disney stock march higher and higher and higher and higher. We got like, how will they compete with Netflix? Oh, it looks good, 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 good. They're getting all the Pixar films and they got all these like special releases and the Frozens and such. So Quibi sold out advertising at the start of the year. And Meg Whitman, who once ran for president, and Meg Whitman, who once ran for governor. Um, it's crazy to think about, right? You can make that much money in your life off being a CEO of eBay and Hewlett Packard that you can translate it into running for governor and president. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking. But she's CEO, and you know, obviously there's been a lot of anxiety about pushing out media products right now and what looks good and what looks bad and what's a good idea and what's a bad idea. And it, what happens if this is the perfect time for them to launch when they got everyone's attention with a 90-day trial? Or what happens if the content wasn't ready? I kind of think Apple's content wasn't quite ready for Apple Plus, the TV service. It's cute. They've got some shows that are like watchable, and I agree with Tim Cook. It's five bucks a month, which is the cost of a one movie rental. So if you watch one thing a month, it's it's not the worst thing. Will it be bundled with music? Who knows? Um, but I don't think their content was all that great at launch. And Quibi better have the good content because this is their chance to shine. And one of their shows is a judge show, which happens to star a beautiful woman, one of the most beautiful women on the planet. And I don't know if she's exactly qualified to be a judge on a judge show, but that's where it's going to be kind of interesting. Quibi can pay $4.99 per month for ad-supported, um, or you can pay $7.99 with no ads, it's new content. I can't fight that. I like that idea. More content, the better for people like me who produce content for a living. Um, more platforms to distribute it. But this one, uh, I'm going to hold off on judging. 
But also, when it comes to content, will we ever have enough? In your portfolio, is Netflix and Disney enough content? Hmm, Questions, right? You're saying, I didn't think this was going to be a Monday quiz, Rob. It is. Please be ready. Ford's falling after the automaker warned of first quarter losses and nearly 16% dive in revenue. The revenue is important for Ford because they service debt. AOL was important to Time Warner because Time Warner, and I'm going back and I just, you're like, whoa, that was a 180. Time Warner used to like fund these movie projects and fund big networks and TV and movies and stars and such. And AOL was attractive to them because everyone in, not everyone in America, millions and millions of internet subscribers used AOL as a gateway to the internet. And every month, if you didn't pay your internet service fee, you didn't get your content. You didn't get your emails. You didn't get your adult websites. You didn't get your financial websites. You didn't get it. So the ability to have revenue come in and service debt is pretty important. Now, if you have debt at 1% and revenue is coming in, that's, that's pretty easy to service. If you have debt at 7% and revenue doesn't come in, you're like, oh, crap. I'm not going to be able to keep up with us. So that's where that story on Ford is. 16% dive in revenue tells you that they're not going to be able to service their debt. And they have a lot of it, and they got a lot of cash. But you get the idea. Tesla, not so much debt. So when you look at like companies, who do you want? And it's again, someone's mad at me right now because he, I think he's an employee for Delta. And he's like, I don't understand why it went down so much. It's a lot of things. It's it's not just people like Warren Buffett, long-term investors, bailing on it, but it's also cash flow. It's also the servicing of debt. It's also when does capacity come back. And that's where this show does a lot of damage to people, and I don't want it to ever do damages. It's not easy to do this. There's a lot of moving components, and sometimes I make it sound like it's a little bit easier than it is, but I look at financial statements, and I study them. And I'm looking for anything that doesn't look right. If the United States, for instance... If you were to analyze the United States, back in the 70s, we were borrowing money as a nation to service our health care, to service our Social Security, to service our, our, our welfare programs. We were borrowing at 16 17%. Way too high of rates. You can't make money like that. If you and I want to open up a restaurant and I, I go, well, I'll lend you money at 16%, you'll be like, I can't make money off that, Rob. People are only going to pay $18 for a chick parm. They're not going to pay $29. So how much debt you have and at how high of a rate, super important. And that doesn't make for good radio. Restaurants. This is probably the biggest um, question mark of how do restaurants come out of the city and statewide coronavirus initiatives that are going in place all around the world. All around the world, yeah, that's fair. But in particularly in the United States. the Not the National Association of Realtors, NAR, but the NRA, and not the rifle people, but the National Restaurant Association. They estimate that 3 million employees have already lost their jobs, and restaurants nationwide will take $225 billion sales hit through May. Even with some help from the $2 trillion federal stimulus package, restaurant owners may not be able to keep their staff employed. It's pretty interesting. And um, there's a sports bar that I like to go to for lunch on occasion because no one's there. I like watching a little soccer. 
And uh, I haven't seen my favorite bartender in six, seven weeks. I wonder if he's moved. I wonder if he's given up on the Bay Area because what he's going to get from the government ain't much. OPEC and the United States agreed to cut oil production. Relative weakness in the financial sectors. We're in earnings season right here, right now. You ready? Banks are going to start showing us their numbers tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. It'll be a big week on getting some visibility, or maybe we won't. And that's a big week, too. Trump's quoting it's his decision on when to, when to reopen the economy, although it's the governor's decisions on whether to shut down or not. Hmm. Sounds like we're in for, how shall we say, quagmire ahead. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I'm tying some stories together from segment to segment. AT&T said they're still committed to getting most of their network 5G capable by the middle of the year. Apple will have some new 5G phones at the end of the year. A lot of tech companies will have chips that are going into it, but will the demand be there? There's a phrase on, it's been tied to the Federal Reserve a lot where you can lower the cost of money, cheap, cheap, cheap. But trying to change demand is like pushing a string. It doesn't necessarily move it up. It just kind of bundles it all together. My producer, amateur economist, amateur stock guy, like he's not really paid attention to them his whole life or since he was 20, he's just starting to get into it. He's getting into the hackish area of it. He's like, I see the economy kind of like grinding. Okay. A lot of people have a lot of opinions right now. And there's a lot of truth that low oil could be low oil and we can go, woohoo, we got this stimulus to fly and drive and, and consume this, this commodity for half the price that we were paying two months ago. That should be a big like demand pusher. I've always wanted to go see the Grand Canyon. Fred Flintstone, Barney Rubble. Once drove uh, in an episode across a teeny, 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 tiny river on their way to Rock Vegas. And Barney says to Fred, hey, it ain't very much right now, but here in a couple thousand years, it's going to be quite grand. Um, so maybe that low, but it's not. It can't push demand. Especially when some of our government is saying stay at home. Some of our government is saying, you know, we want to open the, the floodgates. I, for instance, I saw D- Disney and the Lonnie Hotels this weekend start taking reservations for June. I'm like, if I want to go to a Disney resort, this is probably the day to book it because they're guessing June's going to be when they reopen. And I got to imagine there's some pretty good properties or pretty good rooms still up for bed. And I got to imagine the flights are pretty much so expecting maybe this won't happen. But you can't push me. I want to spend and I will spend again. So I don't think we're going sideways. I'm waiting to spend. I've saved money pretty aggressively now for six weeks on restaurants. Restaurants are a horrible way to spend money. You can get a chicken breast for two of them for like five bucks, six bucks, or you can go and spend 40 bucks at a restaurant. Same thing with the steaks, right? We know they're bad, and I know that I've tightened up um, some of my spending. But I can't wait, and I'm I'm itching for it. So I don't think it's going to – if it's anything, it's going to be like a U with turbulence, or a, a, a stretched out U that becomes a V. Um, but again, lots and lots of talk about it. And everyone has their opinion. And everyone's entitled to it. 
you know, I'm not going to say go, you know, go blow just because of that. All up to you. Uh, data on Gilead's COVID-19 drug is positive. It's a little inconclusive. Remsdevere seems to be helping about 60 to 70% of people on it, unless you're kind of already on that ventilator stage, then kiss your hiney goodbye. Remsdevere may, may not work, but it seems to be helping. So Gilead is a company that I would own or consider owning, even non-COVID. And that's the lesson that I want to get out real quick. I gave you a health lesson. I'm trying not to. Hey, it's 60% effective. You know, small study of 100 people, 53 patients included in the analysis, seven of them died after 18 years. But still, it's a pretty good number. 68% saw great improvement. Would I own Gilead? I would. But like I said, I would own it before this as well. There's a lot of companies out there who got their start in biotech and they bought other biotech companies. They bought other developmental technology companies. And they're they're loaded as far as things like, you know, bring on the next pandemic. We'll figure out a way to get that one, you know. Cuomo out of New York was saying a lot of stuff today. He goes, we're going to get through this. And it's funny because two months ago, the message we were getting was one person's going to die. Now we're talking, we're going to get through this. And still the statistics are, we're going to get through this. One of the more interesting things that I've seen really crop up in this uh, last month on my side of the fence is government officials owning stocks and some of them selling them knowing that things were about to get out of hand. But did they do it because they're knowing or did they just do it because we do that every year at this time? Or we started a policy this year that we're going to do it every year. Oh, that's kind of fishy. But I, I love debates like that. I love it when you get in on the that pisses me off angle or I really don't mind that. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos disclosed an early March financial transaction valued at millions of dollars in a limited partnership that provides cloud services to health related firms. Now, that's incredibly fishy, but I don't know. She sold interest in a limited partnership known as NC Mighty Co-Investor Beta. Wow. Do the wealthy people and do the privileged people really get into some of these investments? It's called the NC North Carolina Mighty Co-Investor Beta. Never heard of it. Um, at valuations between 5 and $25 million per pop. And again, it's all about ethics at this point in time. Or something like that. But it brings it does bring in the question of like investing. Oil is rising day after OPEC and allies agree to a historic production cut. I don't feel that this is a major driver story right now. Clearly, oil companies have been hit. And this should help somewhat as far as the producers and the drillers. Um, outside of Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia did what was in Saudi Arabia's best interest. They're trying to stay the, the king, and that I use that with a slip of the tongue. They're trying to stay the king of supplying oil to the world. Um, so we're fixing things a little bit here and there, but it does feel a little bit like a boy in the dike where, oh boy, another crack's coming. Right now, or could be coming, I don't want to scare people, Russell 2000 is down 2.8%. The Nasdaq's down 1%. The SP 500 down 2%. The Dow's down 2.2%. That is way less volatile than being down 6% at this point in time, or 7% or 8%. The Dow's down 
This isn't normal, but it's looking a lot more like it's moving in that direction. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy with your questions. Um, A lot of great downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com.